0: Welcome to the Bible Rundown. First Samuel 27 through 29. It's Pastor Rob and Pastor David on the mic today. It is a weird one today. It's not it's not an easy one. You got the witch of Endor. <clears throat> I guess I guess Endor is a planet in Star Wars as well. Nothing's new <laughs> under the sun. They just get the uh, names from from the Bible. But uh, you have David going into the Philistines, and then the Philistines rejecting David. We're going to spend most of our time on the Witch of Endor, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. real, real quick for us, give us give us your your thoughts on 27 and 29 on him going into the Philistines and then being rejected by the Philistines in battle. Any anything we need to know?
1: Well, I was flipping back, but maybe you can just tell me real or remind me. This uh, king in in Gath with the Philistines, uh, Achish, isn't that the one that he pre- pretended to be crazy back in chapter 21? I think it was. Yes, it was. Um, so interesting, right? We've come full circle where David was running for his life originally, and I think he was afraid that this king, and it probably seemed like Achish at the time, wanted to take his life. Now, all of a sudden, they're buddy buddies, Rob. Right. right. David's useful to him because he's got basically his own army of, of these men that just follow David wherever he goes. And so he basically, I don't know. It's interesting to me, like David essentially becomes his bodyguard, right? And he finds refuge where in Gath, where Goliath is originally from. So we've come full circle. The enemies of God are now the ones protecting the the Lord's anointed and Mm the king of god's people is the
0: enemy of the lord's anointed so which the- is the gentiles right like i mean you have the you have the jews who are trying to persecute the lord's anointed and then mm-hmm. you know it it will ultimately be the gospel that goes through the gentile nation the kingdom of god advancing through the gentiles to the ends of the earth it's just such an interesting dynamic yeah here, what you're just talking about so go ahead
1: Well, and and I think that that's that's really what we see in 27. And then while David is there, I think what we can kind of pick up on is that Achish is realizing how weak Saul's kingdom is. And so also in what a fragile state Saul himself is in, knowing that all (laughs) of his forces are focused on trying to get David. So I think strategy-wise, he's thinking we can go and take over the land. And so he sets up his army and and is going to go on the offense. And this puts Saul in this position where this huge contrast between him and David in terms of who is doing righteous things and who is being unrighteous. I mean, Saul is going to get even lower from where he's been by going to this necromancer or this medium of Andor.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting. So Samuel has always been his like person to go to as far as I need I need to know something about the Lord, I need to know what to do, uh you know, all the information we have with Saul is he was so dependent upon Samuel uh that it was almost it was almost it was almost he wasn't dependent upon the lord he was more dependent upon samuel than it was the lord and we see that coming forth here but and so he's he's so consumed uh with with uh you know with seeking what is next and um and verse six and when saul inquired of the lord <clears throat> the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or Urim or by the prophets. Then Saul said to his servant, seek out for me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. There is a medium in indoor. And so Saul was supposed to take out all the mediums um, in the, in the, in the land because of the old Testament um, law um, mm-hmm. and necromancers and all these mediums. And so you know, he's inquiring of somebody that he's supposed to kill. It's just an interesting dynamic. And one of the reasons why Saul will ultimately die is he continues to just disobey the word of God. It's Saul's MO to disobey the word of God openly and honestly to get what he wants or he desires. Yeah. And so he asked this lady, She's ex- she's nervous about talking to him and then... In verse 12, it's an interesting dynamic. When the woman saw Samuel, so she brings up Samuel, um, you know, and and I, I think that this is showing that she honestly is shocked that Samuel actually comes up. You know, a lot of times these necromancers and these witch doctors and all these things, they do a lot of sleight of hand and a lot of, you know, just... Mumbo jumbo, and it's not really you know bringing up dead people, but I think she is shocked here in in and, and this is in and I think we're supposed to read that when the women saw Samuel, she cried out loud with a loud voice, and why is she crying out loud because she's she's shocked that this person is actually coming up from the dead, hmm. and so I think the Lord is orchestrating all these things. this is what you want uh you know, this is what you want, Saul, you want to bring Samuel from the dead, like, and you're going to a medium witch doctor to, to bring up this person. Well, I'll bring it up for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like you're kind of given over to the wickedness and the, the, uh, the complete evil of it all. And so, you know, whether this lady actually was doing this on a regular basis or whether the Lord brought up upon this lady, this one time, which is kind of what I think is happening here. Um, Samuel actually comes out and he's alive, which raises a lot of questions. I think you, you've asked some of those questions. Why don't you, why don't you? Yeah, I mean,
1: we'll get in there. And I think it, look at where he has to go. So, um, he goes at night disguising himself, right? But the location of Endor is actually on the other side of where the Philistine army has encamped. So he not only is going to the wrong place at the wrong time, he has to go through his enemies. So he's, I think this idea that the silence of the Lord has driven Saul to where he's so desperate, he's risking everything and the greatest thing he's obviously risking is direct disobedience to God, right? And we're told in Chronicles later on when we get there, this act is one reason why the Lord takes Saul's life. You know, he yeah. he's really gone far. So a couple of questions that I had as I was thinking through it, we we don't spend a lot of time really talking about what what really happens when we die. And I think it's interesting here in the Old Testament, there's reference to a place called Sheol, which is not hell, but is the, kind of the place of the dead, and so it's a pre-judgment location, right, Rob? Where basically yeah. when you die, this is where your spirit goes until the resurrection, when we will all face judgment, uh, and ultimately know whether or not our names are written in the Book of Life, and and we go from there. And so I think what we, what we pick up on here is Samuel is dead, but his spirit is still able to interact with the physical world through this medium. And this is why I think God prohibits it is that, A, we do not need to be seeking anything from the spiritual world that is outside God himself for us to have wisdom or knowledge he's given us his word which is truth and for the christian he's given us his own spirit to help us determine through his word what is truth and develop a conscience that helps guide us in our decision making that we have no business uh, messing with the spiritual world which really does exist and so i think that that's like our warning but then Even Samuel's statement of uh, when Saul dies the next day in battle, that he will be with him is further evidence that we don't know for sure whether or not Saul is in the final day going to be counted (laughs) righteous and and receive uh, eternal life. But we do know that at least samuel recognized that he and saul for a period of time would be together after saul's death so it raises a lot of questions just about what happens when we die and mm-hmm. and ultimately before we face the judgment of god in my mind which that you know we don't have time to get into it but we shouldn't this i think for me there's some clear things this ongoing prohibition you know we we see a lot of magic and things in our culture still coming about. And particularly for like our young people, things like Ouija boards and, and these other spiritual things that we're seeing popularized in our culture, we have no business touching. And you mentioned it a lot. Like even hearing kids that are watching YouTube videos that put them in contact or supposedly are to create a supernatural experience with, The demonic realm, like if you open yourself up to that, you are going to be in a bad position.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and we've, we've dealt with this a lot with people actually recently. But when you dabble in that stuff, you open yourself up for demonic oppression and possession and all the things that go along with us. That, but uh, it is interesting. I don't think. I think it's kind of like the talking donkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we're supposed to really focus on the talking donkey. I'm not sure that we're supposed to focus on the medium, witch doctor, uh, you know, what? what is actually happening with uh, S.H.I.E.L. and how it all works. I think we're supposed to focus on the fact that, like you said multiple times, the fact that, Saul has gone way overboard and he is acting completely wicked and God is essentially giving him over to his wickedness um in even bringing up Samuel and and declaring um <clears throat> uh, and 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 basically declaring him that that you and your sons are are coming to to be with me. So you're going to die. And, yeah. um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, God can speak any way that he wants to speak to us. Doesn't change the message. He changes, he can speak through a donkey. He can speak through witch of indoor. I mean, it doesn't matter how the Lord speaks to us. He speaks to us and we have to, hear how he speaks, but it's almost as if it's, it's casting judgment upon, uh, Saul, but it's almost as if he's giving Saul what he wants mm. in bringing up Samuel and, and speaking the the truth of judgment to Saul through how he wants it done, which is just completely and utterly wicked. I think oftentimes we think that God is judging us, when actually he's just giving us over to, to our wicked ideas and thoughts. And that's, that's an interesting dynamic, but yeah. it's good. <clears throat> and, uh, there's much more to talk about on this, but do you have anything else to add?
1: No, I mean, I think we're, we're hitting it. So yeah, we can go down a rabbit trail at the end of the day. The writer of first Samuel doesn't tell us how this lady what she chants right to get samuel to come up so the focus is not on the how it's on the why and the what saul did not trust the lord so the lord is letting him hear from the dead that he is soon to be dead himself and the living god has gone silent in saul's life he's completely abandoned and then you flip forward to chapter 29 and on the heels of the battle coming David is taken out of a very difficult situation rather than having to oppose not only Saul, but Jonathan and Saul's other sons in battle the next day. Um, God kind of brings to mind with these other Philistines that, hey, maybe David's here and he's going to take advantage of us. Uh, and this is all a ploy of Saul to, to take over our kingdom. And so he's, he's sent away by the king of Achish. And so uh, interesting, right? Like, The sovereignty of God using pagan people to bring about his purposes. And so David's life is going to be preserved. Saul's life is going to be ended. And that's how we're going to see tomorrow how First Samuel finishes up. Amen. Bible rundown. See you tomorrow. It's good.